to uh, our gathering today, and I'm glad to uh, to be here th- this morning. And um, it's been a while since uh, since we've seen each other, and I'd like to say you've all grown. And uh, hopefully you don't say that about me, all right? But um, it's good to see you all. I think, um, you know, I was just, we were driving up uh, earlier this week, and it was just just reflecting on the the times we've been here. And it's usually because of leadership conference that we're able to come and and be part of of the services here. So so it's uh, it's a good thing for us to be here on a Sunday um, this year. And obviously last year was a washout. Who even remembers last year, right? And, um, and, and so, you know, we've still got remnants of it. It was just, uh, again, funny this morning that we can't shake hands. We're all waving at each other. It's always that awkward, are they waving at me or is there someone behind me, you know? So, um, so we're just glad that we can have church, right? I mean, we, we through last year, I'm sure as we went online only, um, we just missed the fellowship. And last year, because of COVID and everything else, we missed your fellowship over the, the leadership conference time. We had it online and we did our best, but there's just no replacing being together. And we're glad for that, and we're glad my family and I to be here this morning. And um, I want to tell you, church, that, that we do, we appreciate this ministry uh, greatly. Uh, you know, over the years, I've been helped here tremendously by the Lord through through your, your ministry, your conference, and... To me, I just count it a privilege to, to be able now to, um, just by the grace of God, hopefully be a help to you this morning. And, um, and I want to tell you that, you know, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, you've been, you've been on my heart, you really have as a church. And I've been praying for you all, praying that the Lord will, will lead you and guide you. I've been praying for, for Pastor Lloyd and his family and everything, and, you know, he, he's a dear friend. And he, he's, uh, he's, he's been a, a great friend over the years who's, who's helped me tremendously. And so I, I just, you know, my initial response to hearing all of that was just concern for him and concern for what the Lord is, is going to do and, and just asking the Lord will we'll just heal and guide and continue to use him further. But um, it's good to have to also spend some time with my sister and she's uh, she's. She's converted. She's now living in Queensland with Justin, her husband. And um, yeah, anyway, I have no comments about that. Um, but it is good to see her and, and um, uh, my nephews and niece and, and uh, the cousins got together last night, had dinner together. And I'll tell you what, it's like, like they've never, they haven't seen each other for so long. It was, they couldn't leave. They just they didn't want to leave each other. My youngest was crying all night. And it was it was just a mess. So we might have to just uh, we just might have to just visit more often, or probably better they should visit us more often. All right. So, um, but Genesis 22 is where we our Bible reading is. And and again, church, hopefully this will be a help to you. I was thinking about what to preach this morning, and just asking the Lord to lead. And so I believe this is where we need to be. But I think all of us here, if we we really understand and and look at life. There's a whole lot of uncertainty about life, isn't there? And none of us like uncertainty. We all are, by nature, I think, risk-averse. We don't like it when something happens that is not part of the plan. We like to walk our, our days and, and probably know what we're going to be doing the next day. But we like to wake up and sort of go, well, this is my, the plan, this is the schedule. 
And none of us here like uncertainty. But the reality is that's a part and fabric of life, isn't it? Uncertainty is there. The Bible says in, uh, in Proverbs 27.1 that it's clear, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Why? For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. As, as, as planned as you can be, and I don't know what your personality is, maybe you're like the person that just loves spontaneity and loves spontaneous things, but a lot of people like to know what's coming ahead. But you can be as planned as planned can be, but there's always going to be things that surprise you. There will always be things that just by nature is uncertain. And we look at that, it's part of life. And, you know, some uncertainties is brought about by our own indecision. Some uncertainties are brought about because of our own limitations and, and so forth. Those are natural things. Some are consequential to our own actions. But I want to ask you the question this morning, what if it's God that leads you to uncertainty? Now, sometimes we have the concept about God that, you know, He'll always lead us to something we would know. Like God is only always about the answers. But if you, you just notice, uh, notice how God deals with people and even how the Lord Jesus sometimes responded to, to people around Him, He often asked questions. He, he often put people in places where they had to think a little bit and pause and stop because there was a little bit of uncertainty. And this morning, I'm not saying that he's leading you to confusion because we know that God is a God of order, not confusion. But sometimes of necessity, God would lead us to some uncertainty. And, and so what happens when God leads us to uncertainty? You know, all of us here, we'd like to have our ideal life. Sometimes I think we take it for granted what the will of God is for our lives. Sometimes I think we just go along and we're, we're sort of just coasting along life, presuming that we're in the place of God's will, of God's making. And yet, I believe this, if we would just stop and sometimes ask the question, Lord, what will you have me to do? He might lead you to a place that would surprise you. He might lead you to a place of even a little bit of uncertainty. And I think that's what we read about in Genesis chapter 22. If you know the context here, they, the, the, this son, Isaac, he was a miracle son, wasn't he? He was someone that, that uh, Abraham and his wife Sarah had desired. They were promised that he would be the, the father of many nations. Now, it'd be difficult to be a father of many nations without a child. We, we see that, that God worked in his life and did all of these things to bring Isaac so miraculously into their lives. And yet here God asks him to do something that it seemed opposite to what God had already revealed. But we read there in Genesis chapter 22 and in verse 1, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. That, that word tempt means test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And notice what God asks him to do. He said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. This was the, the son, his only son. One who was promised, one who he greatly loved. And he says, God tells him, Go take him to the land of Moriah. And notice, notice here, And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I tell thee of here. 
is an instruction given by God to say, take the son that I just gave you and go end his life. Go, go sacrifice him. Go sacrifice him to be the burnt offering. Now, put yourself in Abraham's shoes. W wasn't Isaac an answer to their desires and their prayers? Wasn't Isaac someone that they, 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 they greatly loved because of what God had gifted them with? He was a fulfillment of all of those promises that God had given Abraham. And yet here he was now hearing this from God. You imagine the, the conflict in Abraham, Abraham's own heart about that. Imagine the uncertainty that that brings. Well, God, you told me and you gave me Isaac and now you're telling me to sacrifice him? I, I mean... That makes no sense. How is this possible? You, you can imagine all of the questions in Abraham's own mind. And yet we see in Abraham just, I think, the way we ought to respond to uncertainty when God leads us there. You know, I know a little bit about transitions in church. Our church, over the, the number of years we've been a church, we've gone through some pastoral transitions a couple of times. And you're probably in that situation, you're in that situation now. You, you looked at the, the, the church, things were, were going along. You had a pastor. And, and then God brings you this news. And suddenly all of those things, well, things just go and they just keep going. Suddenly those, those things that were sure and stable Suddenly God leads you to uncertainty. What do you do? I mean, what happens now? And I'm sure all those questions are in your mind. And, I, and I'm sure Abraham all the, had these questions that were swirling in his heart and his mind. God, you led me to uncertainty. God, let, you led me to a place where I don't know what to do now. And yet, I, I think about what Spurgeon said. He said, there are two great certainties about the future. One is that God knows, and the other is that you don't know. You see, our future, really, in all honesty, has always been shrouded in mystery or our uncertainty. It's just that when we're confronted with something that isn't on our radar, isn't on the horizon, it's something that surprises us and God has led us there, that, that's, when, that's when it's sort of exacerbated and we're, we're limited in our knowledge and understanding, and because of that, what happens, we often fear what tomorrow will bring. And so when the one that knows all the, the secrets brings us to a place of uncertainty, when he's the one that puts us on a path of questions, or when he takes away our security, what do we do? What do we do? See, Isaac, he was a son of promise, the, the one God miraculously brought to Abraham and Sarah. But in God's doing, he brings them to a place to say, do this. And it didn't make any sense. And I think there's a, there's a great picture here for us this morning to learn from and some principles. You, you see, there, there's certain things that we ought to do. If we're going we're gonna to understand that God leads us to uncertainty, we're going to need uh, to do a couple of things. And firstly, I want to I remind you something here. When you come to uncertainty, remember that you know something when you're about to face this thing. Remember that you know some things. You understand that Abraham, in his whole journey, 
he's, he's faced uncertainties before. He's faced other things before, and, and we'll, we'll look at that in a little while, but remember when you face uncertainties that you know some things. There are some things that you know. Isaac, he, he was the miracle answer to Abraham's future, and yet now it seemed as if that future was being ripped away from him, and yet God was the one that brought them there. And, and again, you, you might be, I don't know your situation, I don't know you, but maybe God has led you to a place of uncertainty. And I want to remind you that you know some things. There's some things you already know. And, and we already saw it in verse, verse 1. It came to pass that God did tempt or test Abraham. This was a test. And you know what tests are? Tests, a test is, is about what you know and what you should know. And how well you go into test is really the balance of that. It's what you do know and what you should know. You know, a good teacher, I got to walk around the school a little while and observe all of that, and, and my kids were a little worried, you know. We, we told them, we're going on a little bit of a break, and here we are, first day in our holiday, and we're taking them to school. <laughs> you can imagine the, the level of enthusiasm that morning, right? They asked us, what are we doing today? We're going to school. And so they, they came along and we saw all of the, the teaching. But, you know, a good teacher will test you on things they've taught you. Right? You know, sometimes students approach a test and they'll look at it and they'll look so confused. And you know what they'll do? They'll go, they never taught us this. <laughs> no, no, they taught you that. You should have known it. But a test tests you on what you know and what you should know. And how well you do in a test is the balance of that. And this is really what was confronting Abraham here. There was a couple of things he did know and maybe some things that he should know. You see, that's really where God holds us responsible. You understand God, when we face uncertainty that he's led us to, it's only us who are uncertain. God is never uncertain. God's not the one that gets confused and and, and gets a little bit frazzled about uncertainty, God's all-knowing. And God knows, and God is the one. And in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible says this, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. So he, that, that's his domain. But then the rest of the verse says this, but those things which are revealed belong to, unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. You understand, when it comes to uncertainty, there's some things that you already know. And the, the, the point of this test, the point of this juncture, the, the point that the, the reason why God brought Abraham to this crossroad was to help him remember that he does know some things. There are some things that he already knew. And when we go through uncertainty, we've got to remember we know some things. You know, the, the problem, I think, sometimes with uncertainty is it destabilizes and then really leads to debilitating us. You know, when we go through uncertainty, sometimes instead of seeing just the uncertainty, the event, we start to, to look at the rest of our life and we go, well, if this is uncertain, then other things are uncertain. You know, you, you, you may have had the thought, well, what's going to happen now? How are we going to have church? Should I go to church? When we already know that. <laughs> we should go to church. 
We should be faithful. There should be some things that we just do because we know to do them. And you might face a little bit of uncertainty right now, but don't let that bleed into the rest of your life. You know, I think that's what happens sometimes when, when young adults go into university. And if you, you speak with my wife, she had this experience. She's, she's open to, to talking about that. But when she went to uni, there were, she grew up in church. She, she took institute classes as a young person. She knew some things. But you know what, what, um, what university culture is? They'll focus on all the uncertainties of life. And, and what happens sometimes with young adults is they, they're faced with philosophies that, that, that are all about uncertainties. And suddenly those things that were certain are now forgotten. Is there a God? Well, well I was always told the Bible was inerrant. Well, my professor said this. And suddenly uncertainties bleed into other areas of our lives that we already know. And, and so for Abraham here really... This was, a, this was a reminder of what he knew. And, you know, transitions are full of uncertainties. Yet God's leading will always lead us to furthering and strengthening. And so really for, for Abraham, he had the experience that would teach him that, you know, even when it came to uncertainty, God was faithful in who he was. You know, he went through some experiences. God's character was, was, was made clear to him. Uh, in Genesis chapter 12, we won't ten, turn there for the sake of time, but, but the, the Bible says that, that God called him out of his homeland into, the Bible says, a place which thou knowest not. That was where we started to learn about Abraham. Right from the outset, he was, he was thrown into a tailspin to say, hey, go to a place which you know not. <laughs> Uncertainty. You understand, part of God's will at times will lead you to Places of uncertainty where you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to decide who God is. You're going to have to decide what His character and His nature is, and that's part of the teaching. And as He was separating even from Lot in Genesis chapter 14, again, as He was waiting for the child of promise, we we won't take the time again. But in Genesis chapter 21, the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. So you remember the age in which Abraham and Sarah had a child, she was way past childbearing years. So all of this uncertainty actually was all part of, of God's will and God's working in their lives. And along the way, God was reinforcing in Abraham's mind who he was, who God is. God is faithful. God will, will, will keep his promise God will be the one that will lead you through those times where you don't know. And you know what Abraham else, what else he knew? Abraham knew that God had a plan. You see, at the beginning, Abraham followed, but remember when it came down to, down to the, the son of promise, he doubted God. Remember, he, he learned some things because he tried to take some things into his own hands. We, we can look at it in, um, in Genesis chapter 16, but Sarah concocts this plan, didn't she? She says, well, I can't have a child. Go, go into my handmaiden, and why don't you just have a child with her? And uh, the fruit of that was Ishmael. And you know what the disaster of that was? And it was not God's plan. And sometimes when we're waiting on God to lead us through an uncertainty, 
Sometimes we concoct our own plan. And can I just warn you, that's never going to work. And so you've got to continue to, to look to God in His character, in His nature. And, and, and you know, when we're, we're in uncertainty, we need to remember some things that we already know. God has a plan. That God is faithful. We, we know that already. I, I don't know, how long has Good Shepherd been? What year anniversary is this this year? I'll put, put someone on the spot. Somebody, somebody. Shall I give out a prize? Anyone? This year. This year. Let's say 42, all right? 42 years. And along the way, God has had a plan. Along the way, God has brought the right man for the right time. And, and you might face this uncertainty that God has led you to, but remember what you already know. You already know God came through. You already know that God had a plan every, every other time. And this time won't be any different. God has a plan. And you might not be privy to all of the details right now, but I'll tell you what, you already know God has a plan. And too often, you know, we follow God when things are going according to plan, but when uncertainty comes, we then start to question, does God even have a plan here? What's God doing? And even though this was again a time when Abraham's future was called into question, you understand that as we read through the story there, really Abraham had no hesitation in following God. Because this time it's different. This time he, know, he knew some things. This time he understood some things. This time Abraham, by experience, knew some things about God. In Romans 4.3, the Bible says this, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted for him for righteousness. Abraham believed by experience. Can I just remind you this morning, we believe through his word. You know, you might be, you might be facing uncertainty right now, and, and here's an opportunity for you to just get deep into the Word of God and start to really understand who God is. Start to really understand and start to really know some things. And, and, and can I say that uh, even Peter, uh, when he was reflecting there on his experience there at the Mount of Transfiguration, he looked at that and he said, you know what, I have a more sure word of prophecy than what I, I experienced over there. And listen, the Word of God doesn't change. The Word of God can lead you and guide you. And, and whilst, yes, God has brought you through some experiences and God has taught you some lessons, don't forget that you have the Word of God to just look at and go, Lord, guide me. Let it be a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. And God would bring you to, uh, through it if you, He will bring you to it. Corey Ten Boom said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And Abraham learned to trust in the character of God rather than the circumstance he found himself in. So I want to ask you this question What do you know? What has God done in your life previously that you know he will do again? What has God brought you through to here? It's a, maybe a place of uncertainty, but you understand God's done that before. God is who He is. He's never changing. And, and what have you believed God about before? I want to tell you, He hasn't changed. There's some things you know. There's some things you know. But secondly, I want, 
need to know this. Not only in times of uncertainty do we need to remember what, that we know some things. Secondly, you need to reason in your heart that actually God can do anything. But always for our good. And in verses 5 to 8, notice there with me. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Notice what he says, and come again to you. So Abraham had some thoughts, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them together. So he leaves the young men. He takes just himself uh, and, and, and Isaac and the supplies he needs to sacrifice. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father quite innocently and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? You know, uh, Isaac also knew a couple of things. He didn't know as much as Abraham. But he knew enough to know that he needed a lamb. In verse 8, And Abraham said, My son. Notice Abraham's response. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. You know, what we, we see here is that Abraham had such belief in God that, it, it, that God could do anything. Actually, he was willing to lay down his, life, his son's life. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 and, and we get a, a deeper insight into, into Abraham's psyche. And we see here in verse 17, Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 17. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises... Notice this, offered up his only begotten son. And we, we understand the picture there. Verse 18, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Notice verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So actually, Abraham's mindset was, when we read there in verse 5, and come again to you. He was willing to go all the way and sacrifice his son. But he had enough belief that God could do anything that he could raise up Isaac again. That, that, was, that was Abraham's mindset. Abraham had such belief. And, you know, sometimes uncertainty can tempt us to think that God can't and won't help us. That, that suddenly, because we've been brought to this juncture, that, that really this was a sign that God was done with us. And yet the evidence actually is contrary. You know, often all the evidence that we need to understand that God can make a provision for us is the fact that we've gotten this far already. The fact that Abraham even had Isaac. Again, if I can remind you, Sarah was beyond the years of that Abraham. In effect, it was already a miraculous life that that Abraham already had. And can I just remind you where you're at? Can I just remind you that God has brought you this far? Can I just remind you that, that where you're sitting and where you're at, God did all of that. And you might be facing some uncertainties, but you know what? God can do anything. And God will always do it for our good. And you have what you have because of God. You know, I was, again, just because just our drive up this way, 
just had some time to reflect on what God has done. And, you know, I have my wife, I have my children, I have a ministry, and God has given me a calling and a purpose. And, you know, I look at that, and none of it was because of me. It was God. We, we just had youth camp recently. And one of our, our actually our, our young, uh, young man who's now our youth director, I had passed that on to him. He, he gave a, a message about choosing God. And, and he went through a, a, a he, he, had a, he had a horrible childhood. Went through abuse. He, he went through times where he felt rejected by his parents who, they weren't Christians. But he shared this heart-wrenching story with our, with our young people. There was no dry eye in the room. But his point was, I chose God. And, and at the end of it, you know, he was, he was so overtaken. I came up, I sort of tied things up. And, and, you know, this young man now, he's a youth director of our church. Now he's got a wife and he's got two children. And he, had, he came from no family to having this beautiful family. And listen, you know, there might be some things in your heart you're uncertain about. Maybe God has brought you to that place. But you know what? God can do anything. God can turn it around. God can lead you through it. God, if God leads you to it, He will lead you through it. And the evidence was right there. And I loved the, the response here by Abraham. You know, as a godly father, you know what he does? He points to the provision of God. You know, sometimes, as, especially as parents, sometimes when we go through uncertainty, sometimes we forget that our children go along with us. And here was Isaac. We, we read it. He was, he was innocent, really. He innocently asked, where's the lamb? I mean, Dad, we're going we're gonna to sacrifice. You didn't bring a lamb. Did you forget again? You know, and he's saying, but I loved Abraham's response. He said, my son... God will provide. God will provide himself a lamb. And, and there's a contrast there of, of Isaac. He, he knew some things, but he didn't know some other things. But here was a dad who knew some things, and he was, he was, remind, he was, he was teaching his young son. And I want to tell you that, that parents, don't forget your children when you're going through uncertainty. That, that you've got to point them to the, to the prov prov providential hand of God. You've got to point them to Christ. You know, they're going through instability at times. And you've got to, you're going to need to be like Abraham, who's a godly father, and point to the provision of God. And what, what happens when your future is uncertain and, and there are loved ones involved? Do you point them to the strength and the provision of your God? Do you point them to the fact that God is who He is and that He is faithful? And really, the... The question that was needed to be answered was, where, where do you place your hope when things become uncertain? Because really, that's where, that's where Isaac was confused. He said, well, well how's this going to work out? Well, Dad, I'm facing some uncertainty right now, and where do I, how do I hope through this? And, you know, un uncertainty can, can help you understand whom or what you place your faith in. And, and really, Abraham, at this point, had it all made. Abraham had it made. He had the son of promise. So if he had the son of promise, he can be a father of many nations. It just seemed plain that God would just bring him through, through this now. And yet what God wanted to do was make sure 
that Abraham's faith wasn't placed on God's gift to him, but the one who gave the gift in the first place. That was the test. Where does your hope lie, Abraham? Where does it actually lie? Is it in the comfort of knowing? Or is it in the comfort of knowing me? And that's the question for any of us as we face uncertainty. Is it the fact that we were comfortable in knowing? Or we were comforted because we knew God? And so Abraham went through this, this whole thing. And, you know, um, Abraham put his hope in the, in the one that gave him his future in the first place. We saw, we saw that in Hebrews 11. He, he put his trust, he put his faith in God. He put his hope in God. And, and, you know, there's many others that we can talk about in the Bible. We think about David. David, who was anointed to be the next king. And yet there he was, found himself running from from Saul, running from, from this one who he thought was going to be just joyful. And there he went off. And, and, you know, in Psalm 42, he often said, he said, my, why is my soul disquieted? And he says, hope thou in God. I want to tell you, your hope is in God. And, and, and you need to remember that you know some things, but you need to reason in your heart, actually, that God can do anything. You know, God is the one in charge of our lives. He's the one in charge of troop movements. He's the one that sends one this way and sends one another way. He's the one that, that puts people together. He's the one that even through times where we really don't know what's... He, he's already, as we've already heard, gone before. <laughs> and we see that God, actually, you've got a reason in your heart that He can do anything. But really, at the end, you need to resign yourself to God's will. You know, God's will is best. And we don't see everything, do we? We don't see all of what's happening, but you know what uncertainty will do? It will it'll bring us to awkward and uncomfortable situations. But you know, awkward and uncomfortable is God's way. <laughs> and, and it may even cost you something. It may even cost you some time of, of extended prayer. It might cost you some some sleepless nights, not of worry, but of just seeking the Lord. It may cost you seeking Him a little more and, and, and getting in the Word of God and, and, and seeking God's mind about certain things, but those are good costs to pay. You, you've got to resign yourself then to God's will. You, you know how you're going to deal with uncertainty if God leads you there? You're going to have to resign to God's will. You're just going to have to surrender to His will that, that, that this is where He needs you to be. And, and then you're going to need to continue to depend on his leading. So we'll look at verses 9, and we'll read down to verse 14. Notice here, and they came to the place which God had told him of, obedience, surrender, resignation to the will of God. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Notice that. He went all the way. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And notice, right at the eleventh hour, and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. You know, he said that earlier in verse 1. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, and Abraham went up and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. 
And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And so we see here the process of, of this uncertainty. And, you know, we have the benefit of knowing the, how the story ends. But Abraham didn't have that benefit. He, he had to resign himself to the will of God. He, he had to go, well, God, this is where you want me to do. Uh, this is what you want me to do. And, you know, um, I look at that and I think, well, why did God have to wait till he was re- ready to? What if, what, if, what if Abraham was faster than he thought? <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, what I thought about, you know, God's timing is never off. And, and sometimes we think, well, really now? God just, it's, you're going to bring me to this place right now? Things are just going smoothly. Things are just, it just seems like, and yet God's timing is never off. The Bible says in Psalm 18.30, As for God, His way, His way is perfect. And the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. You see, Abraham, he, he remained obedient until the bitter end. And again, Galatians 3.6, Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And again, how often do we lose faith and then choose to sin when it doesn't seem like God is going to come through? You know, we go through all that process and, here we are, God, you're not going to come through. It's too late. And, and how many times do we, maybe something unexpected happens, unexpected bills come, and suddenly we just, well, well, I can't tithe this week. I'll have to do overtime on Sunday. I'll have to, and we reason God out. You know, Abraham, he remained obedient. He remained faithful and obedient to God even when the situation became desperate. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a real testing in that, isn't there? There's a, real, there's a real testing in God about that. And Abraham, though, through that whole time, he stayed sensitive to God's further instruction. You know, uh, uncertain times shouldn't lead us to uncertainty on God. And, and here he continued to listen. And I'm, I'm so glad because then we have Isaac. <laughs> and in verse 11, the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. And he said, Abraham, Abraham! Just in the nick of time. But you know what? Abraham had to be listening. You know, Abraham had to stay, had to stay uh, sensitive to God's further instructing. And, and right now, in your uncertainty, how sensitive are you to the voice of God? How sensitive are you to listen, to, to hear for further instruction? You ever played that game? Maybe you guys play it in your, your kids and uh, kids uh, kids Sunday school, but you blindfold someone and you have a bit of an obstacle course, and then you have someone else on the outside of that course yell out instructions. You know, we, we look at that, we play that game, um, and, and what it is is you're going to have to listen to an external point of reference, right? Because you don't know. And you know how you're going to get through an, uh, uncertainty in your life? It's just by listening to the voice of God. But by listening step by step what to do. And, and thankfully for Abraham, he was carefully listening. You know, too often we, we approach times of uncertainty and then we panic. Then we, we sort of just, those things we knew, prayer, seeking God. You know, surrendering to His will, all of that, suddenly, well, we've got to figure this out. 
hey, stay sensitive to God's further instructing. You know, too often when there's uncertainty, we do the opposite. We become distant to the voice of God. You remember Elijah? Elijah, this great prophet, Elijah who did these great miracles, and he was confronted with Jezebel, and there he ran off, and then he hid. And God, in a still small voice, had to seek him out. You know, sometimes we try to run, and we try to solve it ourselves, and we better be careful to stay sensitive to the voice of God. The Bible tells us to draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to us. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so it's, it's important that when we're faced with God's leading uncertainty, that we continue to rely on His voice. And you know, sometimes that's the only reason why you will get to a point where you will listen. Sometimes God has to make you uncomfortable to make you listen. Sometimes God has to make it awkward and has to take away those things that you're secure about to get you to listen a little bit more vividly. And Abraham, though, at the end, he, he resigned himself to the will of God. He willingly accepted God's answer for the situation. You know, we read earlier that Abraham truly believed, believed that God would, would raise up Isaac or that God would provide himself a lamb. You know, even in that day, pre-law, it was customary that they would sacrifice a lamb. And you know what we read in the Bible, though? It wasn't a lamb. It was a ram. It's different. And yet, that was what God had provided. And can I tell you that back then, it was a ram, but eventually, there was a lamb. Eventually... John the Baptist looks at Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. It wasn't time for the Lamb, but the Lamb was going to come. And can I tell you this morning that if you, you haven't put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, He is that Lamb. He, he took your place. And he, he laid down His life willingly for your sake. And today, you don't have a Ram, you have the Lamb of God. And you can be saved today. But understand that, that in that time, the lamb was yet to come. And yet at the end of it, Abraham willingly accepted God's provision. Because at the end of it, he said, Jehovah Jireh. You know what that means? The Lord will provide. And I want you to know that Abraham took that. He took that ram and he willingly accepted it. You know, the things about uncertainty is we don't know how it's going to end up. And I want to remind you again, God knows, and whatever God brings you through and brings you to a conclusion, you need to accept that. You need to resign yourself to how God will solve that, how God will clarify that. Abraham took it, and he took it willingly, and we need to learn to accept God's answer over our expectations. Because that's the problem when we're going through uncertainty we have certain expectations of how God's going to do it. But we've got to surrender our expectations and lean on, on trusting God instead. You know, he provided a ram. They were looking for a lamb. And, and there, right there, he accepted, he accepted God's answer. You know, I was thinking about, again, just, just the, the process of time in my own life and 
you know, COVID just lets you reflect, doesn't it? Had a lot of more time at home, and so we were just had had a lot of time to just ask ourselves good questions. Just thinking about how um, you know those years ago, I was 16 years old when God called me to preach. And at that point, I was I just didn't know what that meant. You know, here in Australia, we just sort of go, "How's this going to work?" <laughs> right? And at 16, you know, I remember surrendering, and and again. Um, that's one of the things I appreciate about Queensland is this is where God called me to preach, actually. It was a, a conference here in Queensland. And I remember just thinking, well, you know, we've never hired staff in our church. What does that even mean? And I remember immediately thinking, well, I'm going to go to Bible college. I mean, that's what every preacher has done. They go to Bible college, right? So I went up to my pastor and he, I asked him, well, what college do you want me to go to? You know, presumptuously, I just presumed, right? And he said, well, no, you're not going to college. I want you to stay here. And I was like, here? What am I going to do? He said, oh, we're going to do a, a traineeship. We're going to do an internship. You're going to just learn on the job. And so I did that for a little while. Got, got, to, got to graduating high school, and my, my dad made me promise that I will go to university. Right? Asian dad. Right? University. <laughs> um, so <laughs> no choice. <laughs> so I went to uni because I wanted to honor my dad. So I went to uni and, and, you know, really disliked it. I had a calling. I didn't want to be there. And to make it worse, I was more of a humanities guy. He made me do a business degree, you know, accounting and economics, like snooze fest. Sorry to accountants, all right, but <laughs> I struggled. My heart wasn't in it. I just was obedient. And, you know, along the way, our pastor at the time, he was burdened about starting a Christian school. And I didn't know it at the time. I just went to uni because my dad said I had to, you know. I'm pretty sure he threatened my life, but anyway. Um, but I went. But because of that, I was able to add a teaching degree. And it, without any experience, God doing it allowed me to just be instrumental in starting that Christian school. And you know what? I would never have gotten to that place if I did it my way. You know, I was uncertain about, well, how do I get to ministry? And, and it was the school. Because of that, the, the church was able to hire me, supplement my wages with the school wage. And I was able to do, all, you know, sort of 100%, 100%. And just trying to work through that. Ended up, God knew who he would marry me with, and my wife is a, she ended up doing a teaching degree, and, and all of that, and it was just how God worked it out, and because of that, I was just able to, at 21, be full-time in the ministry, and you know, in Australia, who does that? Not many people. I was full-time in youth ministry at 20, 21. I was full-time with, with school and all of that, and I had no idea what I was doing, those poor students. <laughs> but God had grace. And we came through that. And, and, you know, we went through a pastoral transition at the time, right when the school started. And so there goes my support base. I didn't know what to do. Then another pastor, Tom Gondeman, came along. He became our pastor for a while. And I worked under him. And then not knowing that God actually eventually would call me to pastor that church the church where I grew up as a 12-year-old boy. 
I didn't know. God had a, a way. I had all these uncertainties. It's always like that. You know, God gets you to take a step, then you go, now what do I do? I don't know. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what you know. Reason that God can do it. And then at the end of it, just resign yourself to his will. You know, we all, we all have uncertainties ahead. That, that's just the reality of life. And God will, at times, he will lead you to uncertainty. Why? Because at the end, he wants you to not be comfortable in what your situation is, but be comfortable in who he is. You know, the question is, what do you know? What do you know about God? What do you already know? Uh, the question is, will you continue to follow him in days of uncertainty? Is your hope in him? The question is, will you obey even when the situation seems desperate? Will you stay sensitive to his voice? Will you accept his answer for your future? There's an interesting map. It's on display in the British Museum in London. And it's an old, old, old sea chart, old mariner's chart. It was drawn in 1525. It was outlining the, you know, the unknown world in that time, the, the North American coastline. And the, the cartographer at the time who, who drew the map, he made some notations on areas of the map. I remember all of that was unknown in that time. And so he, he made notations and he wrote these things. He said, here be giants. <laughs> then other places he wrote, here be fiery serpents. Here be fiery scorpions. Here be dragons. And he wrote all of these little notations on the map. And eventually the, the map came into the possession of, uh, of Sir Fr John Franklin, he was a British explorer who was a Christian, and he scratched out all those fearful inscriptions, and he wrote these words across the map, here is God. And you know what, church? You might be facing some